Hello and welcome to the First Issue Club. We are your weekly comic book podcast. We're just like Sue Storm. We love a good read. Today, we're going to be talking about first issues, as we always do. New comic books that we're excited about reading and have read. Honest. We're not lying about having read these. <laughs> we didn't make these up, we promise. Oh, you guys can read. <laughs> I mostly gain context clues from all the pictures. Yes. Yeah. That's why I like comic books so much, honestly. Yeah. The secret's out. I like it when the big strong man punches the bad guy. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite part. Ditto. That's a, well, it's at least a contender for me. I might have to think about it a little more. <laughs> <laughs> We're also going to be talking about some comic book news. You'll hear that shortly. Um, first, I am Mike D. I'm Greg. And I am Vargas. Okay. Now that we've done our first things first, introed the show, did a great job, made some jokes, <laughs> said who we were. I think this is the news part. We are firmly in the news section. Yeah. Greg, I'm assigning the news section to you. Thank you, Mike D. Greg Lichtai reporting with the news. Oh, I, it's a bit this week. No, no bits. I can't do the whole thing. Uh, Marvel has recently shown new variant covers that are going to be issued uh, because Spider-Boy has taken over uh, the landscape of comic books, okay. whether it be online or offline. Can I talk about... I, I hope so. Well, I would like to ask um, a question and see if anyone has an answer. Mm-hmm. Dan Slott was like... Now, when everybody sees his name, you're yeah. gonna freak because mm-hmm. we haven't revealed that yet. And then it got revealed in Edge of Spider Verse three, mm-hmm. yeah, I think. And it's like butt sniffer. It's Bailey, Bailey Briggs, I think maybe something like that. Yeah. Um. Does that s- give you guys any clues as to who this? Pro- I mean, I'm a Spider Man freak. And I have no clue. I have I have read rumors Uh, that Spider Boy is the product of when Doctor Octopus had control over Peter Parker's body. Oh shit! And therein created a child with someone. Okay, so Peter Parker unknowingly fathered a child. Fathered a child. While, while Dr. Octopus was... Smashing and banging. Like uh, vo- Voltroning his body, <laughs> so to speak. Um, Anna Maria, right? Marconi was her last... Wasn't Mar- it something yeah, like that? Yeah, I was going to say, what was her last name? Yeah. Yeah. It's not Briggs. Not even close. I think it was Bailey Briggs. I'll have to look it up again. In any case, that is the hottest rumor that I've been reading. Yeah. I yeah. think I saw somewhere that um, the amalgam... Superboy Spider-Man mm-hmm. character was named Bailey. Okay. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. I for some reason I saw that that book was like specking and I <laughs> and I think that might listen. That might be related we, to We it. can't do that. <laughs> we can't we can't do that because then that just causes a whole other thing. Yeah. Would well, that be so great? Let's if... leave access and amalgam back where they were no, that's, back in the 90s. That's how they bring amalgam back. Via Spider Boy. Listen, if you want to hear my thoughts on Amalgam, go to the Patreon. I have episodes about it there. Patreon.com slash first issue club. Perfect. Uh I so circling back to the circle back. Yes. The variant covers. The, so the variants are like a play on uh the Spider Boy uh 
popping off of like they they're they're dubbed the new champions variants. Yeah. Wherein like like if the everybody Hul- gets a sidekick. Like if Hulk had a sidekick or <laughs> Doctor Strange had a sidekick and um they release these images uh, over at comic book resources and they're fucking cool. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're pretty bonkers. They're so cool and they're kind of these like what if scenarios and Marvel played this so smart and it's just covers. Yeah. Like this it's a fun and intriguing way to show off creativity of like all these new kind of characters of like what if this happened or what if this happened and then nothing else. So right. the, the spec market can't control this. This is just a fun oh, goof about. You know, a lot of people will still buy these based on spec because let's say we show a new Hulk sidekick mm-hmm. and then what if someday that does happen in comics? Now I've got an early cover appearance. The first appearance. The first appearance. Yeah. yeah. Look at look at Gwenpool. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Right. She was started a very... as a goof. Yeah. So what you're telling me is I need to pre-order two of these. Correct. <laughs> two of every variant immediately. And, and the off chance one. that one might happen. Yeah. I mean, every one of them, and this is the first time this has happened in a long time. Every cover is pretty striking. Pretty damn good. Same and, artist doing all of them, or? Uh, no. I think it's like a, a three primary ones have been doing. Uh, most of them, uh-huh. and um, off the top of my head, I can't really think of who they are. Give me one second, but they're all like, um, uh, let's see here: uh, Romy Jones, Corin Howell, Pichamoko did one. Um, let's see here: Betsy Cola, Ray, uh, Ray Gonzalez. Uh, just a lot of these up and coming Stormbreakers are doing these um, uh, variant covers. It's cool to see those artists come up with original character designs too. Mm-hmm. Like, what's Pichuoko do for an outfit for a new character? Yeah. She's doing, like, a Thor one, I think. Yeah. No, a Storm. Yeah. A Storm sidekick. I think she's done some new character designs. Well, she did the whole uh, Demon Saga thing. Yeah, she did those. And then she might have done the character designs for the Gweniverse Gwens. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Holy shit, this, this list is stacked. Yeah. Tony Infante, Mirka Andolfo, Jin Bartel... Javier Javier Garon, like hit after hit after hit, like every, all the Stormbreakers, every like every one from every year, <laughs> they called them up. It was a reunion, so go check those out. Um, they're just so fun, and I love the idea of just playing in a random universe that doesn't exist, but it's still kind of fun to speculate and uh, just smash different characters together to see yeah. what happens. Uh, on other variant news. I was flipping through the Marvel previews and saw uh, Predator versus Wolverine that I know we've already talked about. Ooh. Peach Momoko is doing one of the variant God covers for that. I'm sure of it. Just give her a break. She's, you know? She is tired, folks. <laughs> she doesn't need to be doing Peach, Wolverine versus Predator. Peach just needs to turn off her phone, <laughs> take a mental health day. She needs to be doing like Cyclops and Jean Grey hold hands. That's the comic she needs to be doing a variant for. Mm-hmm. Peach Momoko does do a lot of gory stuff. She does. And I think that might actually be her main drive is oh. like creepy, spooky th- stuff. And they keep telling her to do cutesy and shit. And has, yeah, <laughs> continually been like hired to like commission, you know, chibi and. Adorable covers, ooh woo stuff. Yeah, that, well, her series on Marvel, like, it got pretty cryptic in most some of the issues of like 
I was like watching an episode, uh, the movie The Ring. Like it was yeah. just really, yeah, kind of bizarre imagery. So well, she um, does this like gnarly eyeball yeah. covers and characters that are just like gooping off. She did her. She's got one coming up for that. Um, that one that was a digital only. What is it? The spine tingling Spider Man. Yeah. Oh, okay. She's got a variant coming for that that looks really good. Spider Man's got eyeballs all over his head. Yeah, I'm into that. Yeah. Um, but Peach needs a break. She does, <laughs> and she doesn't need to be going to any more cons. <laughs> no more cons for Peach Momoko for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, last week you guys talked about uh, the Captain America Cold War series had just recently wrapped up. Yeah, and we just got news this week that a new Thunderbolt series is spilling out from that aftermath. So dope. And the team is raising some eyebrows online because our boy Shang Chi's in there. <laughs> yep. And he's been notoriously stand a pretty standard good guy, uh-huh. quote unquote, in the Marvel universe. So everyone's kind of wondering, uh, what's the deal? I maybe he's just like the watcher. Like he's the one that has to make sure they all mind their P's and Q's. Yeah, well it's kinda like when Luke Cage was the leader of the Thunderbolts. You know? He oh, was that's like true, I guess. He was like a stand up dude. And they were like, you need to make sure these guys don't go off the rails. And I can see them doing that because the rest of that team is like Black Widow and two different Agent mm-hmm. 13s. Bucky Barnes. Yeah. And then um, the, the 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 guy from the Black Widow movie. I forget what his oh, name is. Oh, Red Guardian. Red Guardian's yeah. in there. And then um, the, uh, the Captain America that's in the black uniform. U.S. Agent. U.S.A. Agent. Wow. Yeah. Really batting a thousand here with the names. <laughs> I, um, I can see them like bringing Shang Chi in to be like, "Hey, punch these guys if they go off the rails." Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, uh, it looks cool. The last Thunderbolt series we got was actually like helmed by Hawkeye. Yeah, like they had a weird New York Thunderbolt specific region, uh-huh. and that book was great. Yeah, um, I'm assuming they want to drum up some interest because of uh, the Thunderbolts movie. Maybe coming out, maybe not, because of the writers and actors strike yeah. currently happening. Yep. Uh, so we may not be getting any <laughs> new Marvel things for a while. Yep. Do you have the cover pulled up for that Thunderbolts? Uh, yeah. How many characters are on it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight characters. That's a big team. Big and there, team. There's one that I I don't know. Who's the the girl sit sitting there in the middle? I think that's like Valentina. Like the girl that Louise Dreyfus played in Black Widow. Oh, I thought she was supposed to be playing like Madame Mask or like the Viper or something. Oh, I don't know. Uh, okay, hold on. It is Super Spy Contessa Valentina Allegra there you go. de Fontaine. That is who that is on the yeah. cover. Okay, well. Good, sir. I hope she does little kicks. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Seinfeld uh, joke for all you Seinfeld heads. Anyway, it's written by Jim Zub, and the art is by Sean Isaacsi. So. Hell yeah. Yeah. Jim Zub rules. Dope. Do you have any more news, Vargas? Um, I saw that there is a new line of Stan Lee comic books coming out. Yeah, so you brought this up before the show. I don't know what... It, so is it like other properties and characters that Stanley has created and didn't get around to publishing? Yeah, it's like his unfulfilled ideas. Spooderman. 
the hunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh it seems like there's just two companies that kind of one of them owns the rights to these guys and the other one is a comic book company and they teamed up and they're like, all right, how can we slap Stan Lee's name on this and print 12 comic books? And they found a way, it looks like. And they found a way. Um, I, I mean, it it feels pretty yucky to me because it's not like... It's not like they're advertising, you know, a creative team or, you know, a story or any of that. They're, most of the stuff that I read was just like Stan Lee's name plus yeah. comic book. Yeah, so these are just relying on Stan Lee's name to yeah. get any kind of traction as far as sales. Yeah, I, I kind of don't like the idea of doing some of this stuff post-mortem. I know that, like, I think some of... Elliot Smith had recorded some like B sides mm-hmm. and never released them. And then after his death, there was some like fighting to see like, should we release these songs or not? It's like he chose to not release those, maybe for a reason. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And Stan Lee probably thought these don't <laughs> cut it for me. Hey, you know what? Maybe I'll get around to these later. <laughs> but for yeah. right now, they stay yeah. in the drawer. Right, exactly. And now we're surfacing these things that he's got almost nothing to do with at this point. They were just ideas thrown in a hat. And right. now they're going to have his name splattered all over them. Well, shit. Pop Smoke's still putting singles out <laughs> today on the radio. Yeah, it's nuts. ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, it feels a little bit icky to me. Um you know, it's it's almost the opposite side of the coin. Um, DC put out a couple of months ago that Tales from Earth, whatever it was, 616 or whatever, where it was the what if Stan Lee, you know, honorary. Oh, book, that's right. Yeah. Where it was like in honor of his 100th birthday or something. Um, or, I, or what would have been his 100th birthday. But I feel but that was, I feel that's maybe a little different because these are ideas. The, the, this other company's basically taking half ideas yeah. from Stan Lee and then just finishing them for him. Yeah. So I don't like that because they may not be following his vision or, yeah. you know, the idea that he wanted to do. DC just seems like it was paying homage to Stan Lee. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I mean. Like yeah. DC was trying to honor his imprint on sure. their landscape. This other whatever Stanley yeah. thing seems like that's just pure profiteering. Yeah. Do they're, we know how they got me. the rights to them? It seemed like they just owned the rights. I don't know. Like that at least the the way I read it, one company had the rights to these characters. Yeah. So and I bet, teamed up with a comic book publisher. Yeah. Okay. I bet Stanley met with this company and had intended to maybe publish comic books through them. He passes away they're like, well, we still kind of have ownership of these characters because we have this mm-hmm. deal signed with Stan. Yeah. So we're just going to go ahead and do this. Now, in legal terms, they can do this. Right. It just feels not good. Yeah. <laughs> to, to the to us readers that want to uh, potentially see these stories. Yeah. And again, the article I read was not like, oh, hey, Chips Darsky is going to be writing. You know, like, yeah. it, it just felt like, yeah, they're like adver- Steve from accounting. Yeah, like, is gonna finish off this story, and I guarantee you these covers are just gonna have like Stan Lee's spot- yeah. Spotter Man. Yeah, you know, 
Excelsior Comics. Yeah, and it, you know Stanley's name is going to be yeah. a third of the page. Just atrocious. So I, I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I guess I hope they get dynamite creative teams and and uh, really honor teams Stan's working on dynamite comics. Over. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Perish the thought. <laughs> yeah, I want to see the big titty covers on these Stanley books. <laughs> Stanley's looking good. <laughs> uh, I actually have to already give a ret- uh, redaction from earlier in the episode. Oh, okay. I gave Jim Zub was actually the writer for the last Thunderbolt series. Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing are the new writers and artists for the upcoming Thunderbolts okay. series. So calm your fingers, Twitter people. I've already redacted it. Hell yeah. Too late. Fuck, we're ruined. It's even better. We're canceled. Uh, and that's all the news. All the news that's fit to comics. How about it? You guys brought stacks of comics with you. Um, I promised it last week, Mike. That you had a lot of stuff you were going to read this week. Yeah. I'm very interested in a take that you're going to have on a very popular comic that you popularly love, which is Moon Knight, having a big old anniversary issue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big ol' thick boy this week yeah. for my man Moon Knight. Is it square bound? Yep. Look at that beautiful well, rectangle. You can put that on a bookshelf. <laughs> uh, this was a $10 comic. Oof. And yeah. I ordered every cover. Every cover. Because <laughs> you're a big boy making big boy money. Because I'm a shill. <laughs> uh, so yeah, 25 came out. Normally, this is not issue 25 club. This is first issue club. But... I'm going to count it because this is the return of Moon Knight's arch nemesis, the Black Spectre. Sick. And I am jazzed about it. Um, is this not also the issue that premieres the Scarlet Scarab? Correct. In comics? Well, so this premieres her civilian identity in comics. Oh, so she hasn't gone full Scarab yet. Correct. Okay. That's that's going to happen in City of the Dead, the spinoff series. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. You know, it's interesting to Can me. Can I return the hundred that I pre ordered? <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting to me that sometimes first appearance as a hero is more valuable than first appearance of the actual character. For sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> you would think that, like, the very, very first thing, them as a human being that's, like, maybe mm-hmm. not super powered yet, would be the book to have. Not always the case. Very true. Very, very true. Nine times out of ten, it, not the case. <laughs> you know what? It changes kind of based on... The person? The character and the era of which these books were written. Like, more modern things mm-hmm. seem to be. Like, we had that... Um, what was that Spider-Man book that was popping off? Is it like the... The like, Eminem one. The Crystal Spider. Oh, uh, the that... One, w- the one that Taboo wrote. Yeah, that was... Uh, oh, Neighborhood... Scary Spider-Man. The yes. uh, <laughs> Friendly Neighborhood Nightmare... Yeah, Spider Man. Whatever that like, there's a purple Spider Woman that's mm-hmm. introduced in that comic, yeah. and um, the woman who becomes that character is introduced in the first issue. Mm-hmm. No one cares about that first issue. Nope. Everyone cares about the issue where this costumed character makes the debut. Yeah. But you go back and we talk about Carol Danvers' first appearance in comic books. Mm-hmm. That book's worth a lot more than. Her first appearance as Miss Marvel. Or even Patsy Walker. Yeah. Like the ultimate <laughs> Oh, ruse. gosh. Well, yeah, that one's because it's like from the, what, 40s uh-huh. or 30s or something? Yeah, that comic's impossible to find. So how was it, Andy? 
Oh, it was great. Um, it's kind of a split story. Uh, so there are sort of two interlocking stories. One where uh, the Black Spectre is sort of heaping villains from the past 24 issues onto Moon Knight to try and take him down. Mm-hmm. And then we get a story from, whatever, 30 years ago where Moon Knight is teaming with a band of mercenaries, including uh, Layla, Layla, who will become Scarlet Scarab. Yeah. Um, and he, the, his his mercenary team name is the Karnak Cowboys. That's pretty sick. Which is fucking awesome. So Karnak's been like sneaking in the last two or three years, as far as like importance. Yeah, I I don't know if that's a reference to the Inhuman mm-hmm. or the city in Egypt. Oh, okay. Because there's city in Egypt. Yeah, probably. Look probably. Look at this dipshit. <laughs> But it could be. I mean, spelled the same way. Okay. So who knows? In fairness, um, but no, it was it was a great great story. Um, I don't know that it's a great jumping on point for for new <laughs> no. readers. No. Um, but it's it was an awesome uh, payoff to the last twenty four issues that Jed McKay's been writing, mm-hmm. and a great bounding on you know like jumping off point, jumping yeah. off to the next hopefully twenty five issues. Yeah. Um. In addition, we got a little bonus material from uh, Mensch and Sankovitz in the back. Uh, one early Moon Knight story from oh, cool. like a weird Hulk issue uh, reprinted in the back. So you can read some old Moon Knight, some new Moon Knight, and get excited for uh, City of the Dead, a little five-issue wow. mini that's coming out this summer, too. Seeing those pages from that classic Moon Knight um, comic... Just really makes me thankful that the formatting of comic books has come leaps and bounds from what it was, folks. Oh, you don't like that? God, there's a lot happening and a lot of word bubbles on those pages. A lot of words, a lot of colors. Ew. Rough. So is Layla, does she come across as a really cool character in this, or is she just kind of in the background? No, she's a cool character. Um, She's Mark's uh, love interest, or previous you know whatever it takes place 20 or 30 years ago so current love interest in the story um but she's like yeah you know pretty strong woman to compete with these like muscly mercenary guys yeah um it'll be interesting to see if they play her as kind of like a foil to moon knight you know like more of a, a straight superhero character or if she goes the same direction as moon knight and is kind of unhinged and you know, focused on the mission, do whatever it takes to get the job done. Yeah. From the TV show, she seemed more calm, cool, collected than yeah. Moon Knight. Yeah. And I don't know if that's the direction they'll go. Yeah. Or... I'm, I'm hoping, like, she becomes the voice of reason or logic of just, like, you know, calm your shit. You're right. <laughs> Moon Knight, this is, like, what needs to happen. Yeah. Because in the story, she's, like, front line with him, you know, shooting dudes and guns mm-hmm. blazing, that whole thing. So... Because Moon Knight's biggest downfall is is he doesn't have a counterbalance for when he goes just off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> so if he just has someone there to keep him like even keeled, like a yin and yang situation, yeah. just like they work so well together because somebody he'll actually listen to. Yeah, yeah. Like then then that's really interesting. Of like a new dynamic to this character opens up of just like a, a steady headed Moon Knight. Like yeah. I don't know if I don't know if we've seen that in a long time. Yeah. 
Well, and that's and Jed McKay's kind of been getting that direction. Um, in in the current series, uh, Mark has a relationship with Tigra, mm-hmm. Tigra, whoever. Um, and she is kind of that for him. She is like mm. the person that keeps him, you know, level headed, but not when it comes to like Moon Knight missions. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right. out in the field, as it were, he's still like batshit insane. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back home to Tigra. Yeah. And, and he like, live, laugh, love, and yeah, he's yeah, fine. Exactly. <laughs> Does Moon Knight or Mr. Knight use guns? So that's a really cool thing they do in this issue. Uh-huh. I'm glad you said that. Um, Black Spectre or somebody, it's either uh, whatever. One of the one of the bad guys he fights in here asks him, why do you use moon-shaped, you know, boomerangs? Why not just use a gun? Yeah. And he picks up this big old machine gun and he's like, it's because I don't like who I am with a gun. And he yeah. just like blasts everybody like. Holy hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's pretty sick so it's because when moon knight has a gun in his he's hand he's too dangerous he's yeah. too dangerous yeah. yeah yeah say hello to my little friend exactly he's like the super punisher oh god if the punisher had superpowers no. that's moon knight no we can't be doing that then we'll have be having cops with moon knight stickers on their cars <laughs> uh yeah so i i really loved issue 25 thin blue moon knight <laughs> Oh my god! Once in a blue moon night. <laughs> ah, no, we've talked it into existence. <laughs> Fuck. Blue moon. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, yeah, I love the issue. Um, yeah. anybody who's been reading this will find a lot to enjoy here. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's a great payoff to the last twenty-four issues, and I'm even more excited to read what comes next. So sweet. Tell me one more time the name of the book that's gonna get scarlet scarabs city of the dead city of the city dead. of the dead and it's like a one shot or a new series it's a five issue mini it's a five issue mini okay from what i'm reading first mini moon knight's ever had first oh, mini moon knight wow how about that first appearance of mini moon knight <laughs> i need to see if i pre-ordered city of the dead get on it yeah. i pre-ordered three covers <laughs> yeah, buy one from andy again uh i am a shill andy we both read a book called fish flies Jeff Lemire, baby. Image Comics, written Jeff Lemire, art Jeff Lemire. Um, give me your impressions on it. Uh, it is very Jeff Lemire. And that is usually a good thing. Oh, I feel like I'm going to hear a Greg hot take. You didn't like it. I So it's not that I didn't like it. Um it's it it's it, for me it built up to like kind of no, nothing like sure. it, it had a lot of weird build up to it and um like the 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 creepy overtone and imagery of the book hit super hard uh-huh. it was in it was great like it hit all the points to it and, and like i i don't obviously they're not supposed to give everything away in the first issue and you know you don't know why what happens at the end of the book happens. Right. That's why you want to read the rest of the books. But to me, it just seemed all like kind of, okay. Like, yeah. And like, if this was any other creator, if like, if this was anyone but Jeff Lemire, I would be like, no, we're done. Like, I don't, I don't really care. Cause the setup wasn't as strong as I wanted it to be. Yeah. I, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. Um, I, 
Also square bound, by the way. Yeah, also square bound. Yeah, it's yeah. huge. This is a six dollar book. I does this reprint the stuff that was in the free comic book day? Did you read so yes. But it did does. you did you read the back material? Uh the two page Yeah. No. You know why? No pictures. <laughs> so this I guess was a Substack series that he did. Mm-hmm. Um he has gone back and made changes to that Substack series. Oh, okay. So this is, as he said, the final product. Yeah. That he that this series is. Mm-hmm. Um I really liked the free comic book day version. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. Um just a girl and her fish fly. I I liked this book a lot and I think I might be giving it more credit because I know that Jeff Lemire can pay off some of these like questions that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I trust him enough as a creator. Yeah. Um, to your point, if I didn't know that Jeff Lemire wrote this, would you be would I, as would jazzed I, about it? Would I be as jazzed about it? Probably not. Especially a $6 book. I probably right. wouldn't be picking up issue two. And, and for me, that's what's been happening primarily the first half of 2023. We have some of these great creators that have been like established throughout the years throw out these books that are just like kind of mid. Yeah. But we've known that their track record has been so stellar. We're just like, okay, well, I guess we'll stick with it because I know it's going to pay off eventually. But, I mean, it's just been really kind of lackluster with some of the stuff. So... Yeah, so do creators need to learn how to have, like, a super bombastic opening again? I think it's just... Make comics action again? No, it's just, like, they're they're banking on the audience relying on the trust of, like, the creator. Yeah. yeah. Good, you've, they've earned it. But, like, fucking nothing happens in this first issue that couldn't happen in four pages. I don't need a square-bound book to to do what it did. Jeff Lemire is a mood, a vibe, a feeling. Mm-hmm. And right. sometimes you spread that out across a book of artwork. Right. But if you spread it too thin, your peanut butter sandwich is kind of shitty. All right, that's for you to say. Okay. I mean, I, I I'm was... not trying to I'm not trying to yuck anybody's yum. And if you enjoyed the book, that's great. I just expected a little more from Jeff Lemire in this premier square bound issue. I, I'm intrigued by the idea of Jeff Lemire doing a rural set crime noir, mm-hmm. which is basically what this is. It's just got the weird supernatural twist at the end. Sure. Um, there, there are just a lot of questions that I know that Jeff Lemire will pay off, and I'm looking forward to that. Here, here's here, one last thing. And, well, uh, okay, go ahead. Just, just real quick. This book did not do in a square bound format. I don't, know, I don't know how many pages. What Phantom Road did in less than thirty two. Oh sure, like Phantom Road smacked you in the face with a hammer, and you. I was hooked from the beginning. Yeah. This book took way longer to do way less in my mind. Sure, and I don't know why. <laughs> that being said, for every Jeff Lemire book that smacks you in the face, mm-hmm. there's a Jeff Jeff Lemire book. That is very slow rolling. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Because he... I think a lot of his passion projects that he does the artwork for, Mm -hmm. like May's book, or what was that um, uh, really large format one? Grass Kings or Essex County? No, he had like... 
underwater welder? A big three part. Oh, like life or death or something or yeah, something. Uh, oh, uh, he did with Scott Snyder. You talking yes. about AD? AD. Yeah, there it is. after like, death. Yeah, that one was really that was slow awesome. paced, yeah. but super good. Yeah, that like had it, like prose sections in it too, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm just mad because this probably would be dynamite in trade form. Oh yeah, and like just to get a slow drip of a slow burn. Yeah, to me is just like hurry the fuck. Up. Yeah, <laughs> like now I gotta wait what two three more weeks to get the next issue of the story yeah what what intrigued me was like it gave me the same vibes as revival Mm -hmm. you know where there's like a small town mystery yeah um but again to your point there wasn't that hook at the end where it's like oh shit are these people zombies (laughs) <laughs> yeah. like that was that was the hook to the end of issue one of revival and you know what here's the kind of the thing with web comics or something that's initially written yeah. as a sub stack thing mm-hmm. is that you don't think of those as hitting you with a punch at some point that like lands directly at the right. end of an issue you right. know what i mean yeah. so the fact that it's been adapted into a printed format mm-hmm. from something that formally really like had no set chapters because you read it differently you scroll and it goes up and down right books are left and right like it just hits differently yeah yeah i mean your your points are all absolutely valid greg i'm not trying to thank you not trying to say you're wrong is this a bad book no it's not a bad book yeah is jeff lemire bad artist writer absolutely not i just for what the size of this book was and for what jeff lemire can produce i expected something different sure Totally valid. Thank you. That's all I wanted. <laughs> You've been validated. What else do you read? I read the What If Dark Loki series. Hell yeah, that's on my to-read pile. Isn't any good? Uh, it's by Walter Simonson. And oh. is done by art is done by Scott Eaton and Cam Smith and Scott Hanna. Uh, oof. Oof. A lot of times when older, <laughs> like classic writers write yeah. a new comic book, doesn't stand up against the way newer writers write. This is old school. Yeah. This, yeah. This, yeah. Just keep that in mind. This is old school. This is... um, th- uh, Loki has concocted through nefarious ways the ability to pick up Molnir and to become worthy to pick up Molnir. And then he goes on his typical Loki hijinks with it. Um, and then... Uh, Un, unbeknownst to him, causes Ragnarok. <laughs> sure. Uh, and um, <laughs> the end of the the end of the book, you have to read it. It's uh, it basically starts. It, the book ends where Genesis in the Bible begins. Oh, okay. that's wow. awesome. So, so uh, go in it with that. It it was like to Mike T's point. Uh, old school writers have a way in the in a in a rhythm about them when they write. Yeah. And it takes a minute for me, a modern reader, to catch up to that. Uh Walter Simonson, fucking legend yeah. in the industry. Um completely worthy to write a Thor story or an in a Loki story. Um just kind of it, tread lightly into this what if series, get into the mindset of, you know, older uh old head comics. Yeah, I imagine this book was written forty years ago. Yeah. Imagine you found this in an attic. 
You have a great. Even the artwork has a tinge of vintage feel to it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. It was. It was. It was fine. It was good. Fine out of one hundred. Fine out of a hundred. Fine. I also read um, Antarctica. Great book. Image Comics from in uh, w- through the Top Cow publishing thing. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah. It was by uh, Simon Burks and Willie Roberts. It was fucking awesome. Yeah. I was shocked. There's, I really haven't been a big fan of Top Cow comics recently. Same. Um, because they get kind of a weird uh, machismo vibe to them. Completely yeah. not what this fucking book is. Yeah. This is not what I was expecting when I read a Top this Cow. This <laughs> rips. Yeah. This is like um, young girl loses her father who's like a an explorer slash scientist. He doesn't come home one day when she's young. She grows up jaded and kind of pissed off. And uh, basically... The pink jumpsuit on the cover is really cool. Yeah, and like she basically learns to be an engineer in a matter of like a year to find where her dad is in, in, in Antarctica. And when she gets there, shit is not okay Yeah, in like the base camp. There's this weird... John Carpenter feel to the whole thing as soon as you get there and then the twist ending oh I was hooked it was so cool yeah um I, I won't give away the twist ending because I think it just in, enhances the book but I this was the shocker of the week for me um Antarctica out on top cow yeah go the vibe of it is really really good the the characters are all fleshed out there's oh, nothing man. there's nothing off about this book to breezy me. read too no it looks it's heavy is it heavy well, Dude, i was gonna say no, not looks, a ton of words it looks quick to get through is what oh, i meant by breezy. yes yeah yeah it is a it is a dense emotional ride yeah dude yeah but a quick read yeah. this girl like loses her dad in the first like four pages mm-hmm. and it only goes downhill from there. yeah yeah <laughs> then she gets like she gets a helping hand from a good friend and then like she she puts off becoming a love interest with this person, I think, or like really well, connecting with yeah, this person. Yeah, there's, there's like a semi-spark that's starting, Yeah, but she's really reserved, mm-hmm. and he helps her go to school, yep, and, yep. and then he has an aneurysm. And he has a fucking brain aneurysm. <laughs> so there's that. That loose tie is sealed up. <laughs> yeah. And then she says, just says, onward to Antarctica. Yeah. It, yeah, it was a great book. Um, it was really and like it's it's a sci-fi. Um, I'm hoping kind of um, big scary monster Lovecraftian Lovecraftian yeah feel like I'm I'm very very intrigued by where this book goes. Yeah, yeah, I am too. Um, this may be the sleeper hit of 2023 as far as like if if no they one can, talks about it. Yeah, but they, it's really really good. If they can pull out. An ending, the ending. Because yeah. I'm assuming that this is like a five issue limited. I don't. I name a top cow ongoing. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, six. So there you go. If the, I mean, if they can make the the rest of these six issues, five issues. Yeah. As, six. Six is the sweet spot for a mini. Yeah, I agree. Anything less than that, and you're cutting yourself too thin. Yeah. Yeah, I'm jazzed about this. This is great. Oh, yeah, I'm glad you liked it because I was fucking shocked. The covers are awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of cool covers. Yeah. Um, so that that would be my suggestion for the week. Antarctica totally. for sure. Totally. Go find that. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot. 
if you're a comic book reader, you'll find something in here totally. that you can latch on to. This is, this is a comic book fan's comic book. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and I'll say this for all you spec heads out there. This is ripe for an adaptation. Dude, first, first appearance of Antarctica <laughs> in comic book form. Oh, this could be a TNT show tomorrow. Yes, you're right. Like, whatever it is. Yeah. Like, whenever the writers and actors strikes over, yeah. first thing on the on the plate. Yeah, Antarctica. Antarctica. For sure. The second biggest shock of the week for me, I read TMNT <laughs> vs. Stranger Things. You oh. guys, You guys had mentioned in last week's episode that these two properties were almost made for one another. Yeah. Just drenched in uh, nostalgia, essentially, in, in 80s nostalgia. Yeah. This book from IDW slash Dark Horse slash Nickelodeon slash Netflix. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Is from Cameron Chidock and Farrell P. Um, it, I swear to God, it is, is better than it needs to be. <laughs> there was more thought. This could have been just an absolute turd. Yeah. But the, the, the creative team on this was just like, hey, what if we actually told a story with this? <laughs> and it is basically the kids from Hawkins are visiting New York, uh-huh. and then they come across a Gorgon or Demogorgon, uh-huh. but it looks a little different. It has been merged with a mouser. What? And it turns out, they, they and then they run headfirst in the TMNT team, uh-huh. and it's like vintage... TMNT team, they're all wearing red bandanas. Oh, that's pretty sick. So it's like the tough and rowdy yeah. Peter Laird TMNT team. That's pretty dope. So I really love that. Yeah. And then we find out that uh uh what's his name? Something Stockton. Oh, Baxter Stockton. Baxter Stockton. Yep. Is combining the Demogorgons and the Mausers, and he's working with uh Eleven's like Papa or oh, whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. So and that's where the that's where it ends. The the there's like two teams that split off, and uh, Eleven is confronted with these Demogorgon Mausers and Baxter Stockton, and he says, you know, your Papa has told me so much about you. Yeah. Hard end, and it's just like, why is this book so goddamn good? <laughs> Damn it! I had every reason to ignore this book. <laughs> Oh boy! So if you were on the fence about it, get off the fence. Okay, it's, it's kind of fun. That's awesome. I love hearing it. It's it, it, <laughs> and did it's you like, order this one, Mike? No, I didn't. But and it's like I think they're just gonna go for it. Of just yeah. like shit's just gonna pop off, and it's gonna be fun. Yeah, and it, continuity out the window. Who gives a shit? That's good. Yeah, let's just have fun. And it is almost too perfect the merging of these two properties. Yeah. Because when the, when the teams meet up, when the when the kids and the turtles meet up, um, one of the kids is just like, you know what? We've been through so much. These two, these four turtles are doing nothing. <laughs> they don't for even me. It's just like yeah, like okay, uh, fine. Let's let's go. That's great. And so, I think I, I think honestly, I I I, <laughs> I will be honest. I shit talked this to the to the ends of the earth. Sure. When I saw this announced, because I was like, "How stupid could this be? Yeah, why are we milking these properties for all the money in the world?" I read issue one. I was like, "God damn it!" And they I'm heard you to eat fucking crow. Yeah, they heard you, and they were yeah. like, "We'll show this guy." And it is, folks, it's worth it. <laughs> it is awesome. worth your time and money. I can't believe I'm saying it either. 
And even some of the variant covers are cool. Of course they are. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Definitely. That's a that's a, a, a given. This is a cash cow for yeah. variant covers. Um, But that's all I read of the weekend. Like, honestly, I was shocked about how good some of these books were. Yeah. Um, I was not expecting that at all. Awesome. Love to hear it. Thank you. Did, did you read anything else? <laughs> did I read anything else? Did I read anything else, folks? Uh, so I picked up The Hunger and the Dusk. I heard this book fucking is awesome. Yeah. So it's G. Willow Wilson Hell yeah. doing a fantasy series, like straight up D&D campaign. Love it. Um, it's about this- I Cover rules. Yeah. Had to get this one. Um, I, I'm a sucker for any comic book cover that kind of looks like a movie cover. Mm-hmm. So- I picked up. This is exactly what that is. What's uh the artist is on the back there? Uh, Cliff Chang. Cliff Chang, thank you. Um, so this book is about a uh kid and his brother or friend mm-hmm. something. Um, their village is wiped out by not orcs, some unseen foe mm. that we find out later. So he's orphaned. Grows up as a, like a traveling mercenary, and forms a D and D group. Yeah, this art is so good. It's so good. Um, and our story picks up where humans and orcs have made a pact, and never good. The kids, the the band of mercenaries, are taking on this uh, like orc chieftain's daughter mm-hmm. as part of their mercenary band mm-hmm. to like brew goodwill between orcs and men and just as they team up that unseen force the the vanguls attack that's what they're called that's what they're called sweet uh so this is like a straight up swords and sorcery magic and all that stuff um and it's g willow wilson so you know it's gonna be good yeah i can't go wrong there greg said the art's amazing if you're like a fantasy rpg person at all this hits all, all of it all the spots um yeah kind of like is, is it sort of like medieval styled it looked like it yeah. yeah yeah kind of um it's it's not as like dark and gritty as something like die Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it has that same kind of, you know, vibe and feel to it, mm-hmm. I guess. Great book. Totally great. Um, the last book that I read before we wrap it up, I read Bryn Mawr. A lot of IDW that, this week. Is that how you would say that? Bryn Mawr? Yeah. B-R-Y-N-M-O-R-E. The cover looks like, um, what's that, uh? cartoon show about the heavy metal band that oh metalocalypse it looks like a metalocalypse <laughs> album cover i'll give you that one um i picked this one up because it's steve niles mm-hmm. who did yep. uh 30 days of night yeah um this is about a guy who returns to his childhood home and everybody hates him great classic start to his story um he is renovating an old church because he's homeless uh because that's, that's what you do when you're homeless. That's what you do. Um, he's So, yeah, he's renovating this old church, and the kicker at the end of the book, he goes into the basement, and he discovers this coffin. Oh, good. And that's how the book ends. And based on the preview of issue two and the cover of issue one, there is probably some sort of goosty or ghoulie mm-hmm. or vampire 
in that coffin. Nice. And I am jazzed about it. We just got an email uh, today from Dark Horse, actually, about a new graphic novel that Steve Niles is doing, and it's being described as Jurassic Park meets arachnophobia. Hello. And the, the book is called Satan's Swarm. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to go pre-order that immediately. I, like, I love Steve Niles. Steve Niles yeah. fucking throwing it down. He rules. I'm bummed that October Faction didn't get a second season. Yeah. Because I thought... I loved the comic book, and I, I loved the first season. It was on Netflix, I want to say. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's hard for stuff to get picked up for another season on Netflix. They want it to just be like a cultural phenomenon within the first like two weeks it's released, or Correct. like or nothing. That's that's streaming for you. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of good stuff this week. Um, Bryn Moore, Hunger and Dusk, Antarctica, Fish Flies, I guess maybe. TMNT. TMNT. Or Stranger Things. Yeah. Too good, too too many good things actually. Yeah, a lot. And I didn't even talk about. I read Captain America seven fifty, which is another great launching off point to. Oh yeah, J. Michael Straczynski coming back to Marvel. We'll talk mm, about that on the Patreon. Yeah, we will. <laughs> I have thoughts and takes. As much as you loved Cold War, was it kind of nice to be like, it's done. Let's start something new. Yeah, the, the seven fifty was a great wrap up issue. Oh, okay, it was more of a like. We're saying goodbye to that era. Yeah. Same writer who's been writing. Yeah. Okay. Um, and there, there is still um, Sentinel, Sentinel of Liberty is taking a, the issue's called Captain America Finale, uh-huh. and then Symbol of Truth had a, an issue 14 that take place after Cold War. Okay. So they both get like individual wrap-up issues, but 750 was, was great. You got the backstory behind Sam Wilson's shield. Oh, cool. You got... Uh, Sharon Carter debuting as the Destroyer officially. Nice. Mm-hmm. All kinds of cool stuff. It was a great issue. Love to hear it. Join us over on the Patreon for us to continue this conversation. We have games, we have comics to show, and we have thoughts about the new Captain America, apparently. <laughs> See you there. First Issue Club is edited and produced by Mike DeStacy, Greg Licktig, and Andy Vargas. Follow us on social media at First Issue Club, and check out our Patreon for videos, audio, and more at patreon.com slash firstissueclub.